work? Hold on, my shit's a little my shit's a little weird. There we go. How do I sound? Am that? I too loud? Am I loud? No, you sound good. Yeah, I'm coming through you good that? over here. Yeah, I did. That was some very good <laughs> hand farts. No, that was the actual farts. Nice. <laughs> Let's see a hand fart. I can only ever do like the squeak, like the. I got a good mouth fart though. You want to hear? It? Like, I got a really decent mouth fart. Got a couple of them. Let's hear it. <laughs> like a real wet it's a one. Pretty good drawn out one. Yeah. Or, or you can be like. <laughs> High quality content, right? Not there. bad. It's Radio Free Tote just... Bag, and I'm Arthur. <laughs> I'm Donovan. Yeah, oh, I guess yeah. the show is starting. It has. It has begun. Yeah, man, I got a fucking weird energy tonight. It's probably because I started drinking early. <laughs> Powerful. Mm-hmm. Building up the energy earlier on. That's letting right. Letting it uh, build up until it explodes all over the <laughs> listeners. In a, in a shower of gore and feces. <laughs> That's the spirit. How how you doing? How you doing besides this weird energy? I'm doing good, man. Like uh the holiday season's really kicking in. Uh the the Christmas music at unnamed retail establishment began on November seventh. What? Yeah, November seventh. And I'm like, you know, why don't you just let them have the whole month of December? Yeah, man, that's that's weirdly early. Just take December. But no, it's gotta you know, the capitalist orgy has to begin as soon as humanly possible. And they decided that the uh, 7th November is when the music would begin. And uh, the first one that I noticed, the first Christmas song of the season that I noticed, is a song called Let's Give It Up for Mrs. Claus by Adina Menzel. And the f- opening line of this song is, Every December, we always remember the man in the red suit. And I was like, it is fucking November. Why I ate my ball sack. <laughs> Well, is there Thanksgiving music they could be playing? That's true. Really there, is that. there is none. There is none. I posted about the, the Christmas music on my Facebook. My brother-in-law said it's because you haven't produced any Thanksgiving bangers. What about uh, what about Turkey in the Slaw? Turkey in the Slaw, uh, Turkey in the Stuffing. There's something here. There's a thing. There's something here. And we're going to spend 45 minutes trying to find it. <laughs> yeah. Buckle in, it's it's a change of topic. Before before we get to the questions, I do have I have something I need to comment on that just Please. made me happy. This this may be very stupid, but this is where my head is at, living with my cat Picky. Oh. You ever just like see a cat? She's like walking away, I know she's gonna go jump up and take a nap. And I'm just like just seeing a cat traveling like that, like she's just on her way to go take a nap. I don't know. I like that. <laughs> it is nice. You're like, she's got like a spot that she wants to do it and she's going to go to it. Yeah. You're just watching a cat in transit to, to take a nap. I love seeing that in the wild. Like, you know, you see like a feral cat and they're obviously on their way somewhere. And you're like, they got a busy life. They got stuff going on. <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> Come back. Dumpster. Psst, psst, psst. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, I just wanted to articulate that because that warmed my heart a little bit. And uh, 
on on this episode we may have a little bit of the opposite of heartwarming because we get it gets a little dark folks this one this is the gritty reboot of radio free tote bag <laughs> we're gonna add one of those filters they put on like all the fucking movies like the, yeah like the fucking nolan batman we're gonna put that over your ears yeah, absolutely. There's uh, there's gonna be film grain on this episode. You watch it. If you look at the waveform, you can see the you can see the film grain on the waveform. We really do paint a picture. <laughs> it's we're we're visual poets. Fucking picky actually decided to go to the litter box and she's still scraping in there. I don't want to pick this up. You got some good get some good poop energy in the air right there now. You go. Now she's traveling. Stop. Swish the tail. Oh, coming back? Oh, boy. You can come hit me with your poopy paws? You're going to scoop food out that you just used to scratch the fucking poop. You're going to scoop the food out and eat it. Yep. What the fuck, dude? Cats are gross. <laughs> How do they not get sick? Uh, a, vi- a finely tuned digestive system. <laughs> Why can't we get one of those, though? Why can't I, like, <laughs> you want to like? <laughs> <laughs> You, sometimes you can't even lick someone else's ass and not get sick. Yeah, forget that food poisoning. Oh, I could save money on toilet paper. You just like <laughs> wouldn't have to wash your hands, like wipe your ass and go immediately to eating, you know, like a chocolate sandwich or something. <laughs> Explain to me what a chocolate sandwich is. I don't know why that's the thing. I, showed. I was going to say sandwich, and then halfway through my brain was like, wait, it'd be funny if it was something that looked like poop. A chocolate, chocolate sandwich, sandwich. <laughs> is when you shit, and then while the turd is in transit out of your butthole, you slam your asshole, you slam your ass cheeks. Oh, that's a chocolate sandwich. Go. There we go. Oh boy, <laughs> glad this isn't in the show. Unless, unless it is. Unless Arthur, it how is. About you, how about how about we get into these questions before my stream of consciousness uh, directs us directly into the into the fucking fiery depths <laughs> i think we're already there but I, i'd like to i'd like to contribute here it comes wife wants to be dominated but doesn't like being told what to do the first time my wife and i had sex she said she enjoyed it but she wished i was rougher and more dominant the next time i said why don't you just get on top and show me what you liked or show me what you like she refused because riding is a dominant position and she wants to be dominated few weeks later, when we were about to have sex, I told her forcefully to get on her knees and perform oral sex. She flat out refused and said that she didn't like the feeling of being on her knees. When I edge her, that's the thing she's supposed to do to you. Uh, but when I edge her, she says I'm taking too long to make her come. Oh, wait, you can edge women? I didn't even think about that. Anyway, <laughs> revealing my ignorance and <laughs> the reading of the question. When I go faster, deeper and harder, she says that's not the same as being rough. When I choke her, <laughs> she says, <laughs> at this point, I realized we weren't having a sex issue. We were having a communication issue. So instead of trying to guess what she wanted, I just asked her. She told me she didn't. She told me she didn't want to dominate me by telling me what to do in bed. And that was posted by Arthur Sterling. You picked this on purpose. Because my name in the fucking quits, like, I'm asking it. You did this. You did this to me. When I, I love that it's spelled out. When I choke her, she says, A-G-H-U-H-H-E-H. Do you think that was a pretty oh, good no. reading? Uh, 
I think that definitely was. But what a strange fucking detail. It's like, weird. yeah, when I put when I put my hand over her mouth, she says, <laughs> When I hold her nostrils closed, she says, Why the fuck are you doing this? I want a divorce. You're fucking killing it right now, dude. You're on a roll. That's my time. Enjoy your headliner. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Fuck. So what do you like? It uh, sounds like she's like sucks at telling you like, OK. And part of it is she doesn't want to tell you what she wants because she wants you to know what she wants. Because she wants she wants to have this dominant fantasy just like visited upon her mystically and doesn't want to give you the information because it's part of the hotness is that you would just do the thing that she wants. But you're trying to feel out your dom space and figure out what you want to have done to you by your submissive. And uh, it's not not meshing because you're like, get on your knees. And she's like, eh, I don't think so. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's a tough thing to start up if you have not done it before. Because you kind of confidence is such a huge part. Of of being the dominant person, right? And if you haven't like done that before, then it's hard to just be like, "Oh yeah, I'm totally, I'm totally confident," you know? Hey, if I can do this, and you can be worried about like if you're being too forceful, mm -hmm. you know? So it's a diff, it's a difficult thing to get started up with. Um, but I definitely understand her being, you know, not into the fact like you telling her, like she said, to to show you what she likes in the moment. You know, that again, like she says in, in, in the question here, that's that's totally kind of against yep. what she's looking for. I think I think you got to have like a talk outside of the sexual context about this. Maybe get a little maybe get a little drunk together. Yeah. And be like, hey, like, I'm really into this idea, you know, of being dominant uh, when we have sex. But like this is kind of it's a little bit new to me. Yeah. And try to try to get like some hints there. Even if you just kind of indirectly hinted it too, because you know maybe phrase it in some sort of way that it still kind of preserves at least the image of confidence. You know what I mean? Like instead of just being like, "What do you want?" Uh, you know, I'm trying to like learn this. <laughs> Try to get get to that. Do, do, does that make any sense? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, don't be unhinged when you ask, "What do you want?" <laughs> don't do that. That's not a good look. You got to approach it with some confidence. You got to, you got to like, you got to tease it out of her. And, uh, yeah, I like the idea of doing it in a non-sexual context. Cause when you're in the heat of the moment, she's looking for that dominant thing. And there's nothing less dominant than asking. So what do, what do you want to do? Exactly. Uh, that was definitely a swing and a miss when you were like trying to figure out <laughs> the things that she wanted from you. You're like, just get on top and show me what you want. Uh, what I want is not on top, dude. <laughs> Is the exact opposite of that. Yeah, I want to be on the floor. I want my face to be mashed into your shoes. I want you to pile drive my butthole with great force and vigor. That's what she's looking for. <laughs> pile drive my butthole with great vengeance and furious <laughs> anger. <laughs> I think we found the episode title. There we go. Oh, that's good. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say too, because. Uh, because it does diminish it a little bit, like asking about this, you also ought to just like, there, there's an R BDSM. There's uh, yeah. like a lot of BDSM communities on the internet. Just go read up on some of this shit. 
you can get some ideas that way. And, uh, yeah, because, it, again, you, coming in with all these questions or being unsure of yourself, it, it's going to – it's a stupid fucking catch-22, you know, because you're trying to learn here. But the process of doing that is going to kind of ruin it. So yep. just do, do do some research out there and have, like, uh, just a good place to start from, I think, I think will help. Yeah. Learn some ties. Learn some little bit of rigging. I don't know if that's necessarily what she's looking for. And if she shoots it down, that's a no-go. But it's a great way to get started with dominance play because if she can't move her hands or arms, you got to do whatever you want. <laughs> True. Oh, also fucking another thing, and just important, like with this kind of play in general, is uh, again, it, it's a whole fucking catch twenty two. But like, you absolutely got to have the like, look, I can do this for you. Like, I want to do this for you. But what, like, what are your limits with this? Yeah, you know, because I don't want to be spending the time like checking in and asking what exactly. you want if that's diminishing from it. But like, you want to have that conversation beforehand. So that you know what the limit is, so you can like push against it, but you're not, yeah, you're not overstepping any boundaries. Yes. And if she's trying to go real fucking hard into this, you know, maybe establish a safe word. But again, yeah, it, just try to outside of the outside of the sexual context, just try to like establish kind of the ground rules for this, so that you're ready to go when you do have sex. Want, will, won't list. Oh yeah, we haven't talked about that in a while. That's yeah, that's very good. Yeah, go Google that. We've explained it 45 times on the show. <laughs> go Google it. We have. I think that's also a, uh, that's a good kind of indirect way, too, to see, you know, what she's looking for here without being like, oh, tell me what you want to do. Exactly. So I think, and that's what I was talking about before, just finding a little more indirect way to ask. I think, I think that'd be a good starting place. And also demonstrates, you know, you care about what she's into and you're willing to discuss this stuff. Um and you're not fucking clueless because you're using our cool technique. You got the you got the list right there. Big, 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 big. Big sip. Speaking of big. <laughs> I thought you were about to say something and then I started sipping the beer. And halfway <laughs> through the sip, I was like, oh, no, dead air. <laughs> uh, All right. Good. good luck out there. Uh, you'll have a good fucking time. This will this will work out. Yeah. You know what else is a good time? What else is a good time, Donovan? Please help me, please, please. The Radio Free Tote Bag Anonymous Question Box. Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, Woo! That's right. It's uh, it's question box time. It sure is. For new listeners, uh, for those of you who need a reminder, we have our anonymous question box where you can send in your dating and relationship questions, any kind of question, really, and uh, we'll read it on the show and we'll respond to it. You don't have to make any kind of account. Oh, again, it's totally anonymous. And you can find our, the link on our website, uh, radiofreetotebag.podiant.co. Or go on Instagram in the bio, click that. You got it right there. Type your question into the box, press send, and uh, we'll get to it the next episode. Love it. All right, so this week we got two questions in here. We're going to go ahead and get right to it uh, with this one. I have really bad dating anxiety. 
do you guys have any tips on how to deal with that? Hmm. Like bread. Well, okay. So anxiety is a really tough thing. It's your brain turning on to a danger uh, sense when there is no danger. Because going on a date is not necessarily dangerous, but it feels like it. Can be, I if guess. If you're a guy, at least. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, for women. Um, but uh, since, you know, since it's not, let's go with not. Let's say you're not going into a dangerous situation on this date. But it feels like it because there's stakes, you know what I mean? It's like... Oh man, this could be the person I spend the rest of my life with, and I just met him on Tinder, and it's all—it's all happening so fast. Uh, just like there's breathing exercises you can do. Breathing is good. You just take a second and just breathe it in, and then breathe it on out, and then uh, you'll probably still be panicking. So, if there's any <laughs> other, if there's any other techniques, Donovan, I'd love to hear them. <laughs> Thank you for the comprehensive answer. No, yeah, this this is going to it's going to cross over with like general anxiety. And so kind of the, the ideal way to fix this is to just work on your anxiety disorder. I know not that's not the case with everybody. It is just like a new situation, totally new person. It's just fucking you. Like what do you even say? They they can be it's kind of normal for that to be anxiety uh inducing. But like if it's so bad that it's completely throwing you off here, Definitely be looking at if other aspects of your life, you're getting bad anxiety, like just with social anxiety, with meeting people or, you know, throughout the day, if you're just getting, you know, bombarded occasionally by these, definitely good to look into therapy to kind of learn some tools directly to manage that. I know that's given me some help, um, perhaps medication if necessary. Yep. But if this is something that's just this individual situation, um, I'll, I'll say what I've said before. Just fucking just drink a beer right before you go out. Don't get don't get shit faced. You know, don't fucking panic and kill a six pack and then show up slurring and falling over. But but drink a beer beforehand. Chill yourself out a little bit. Um, I like to do if I'm meeting somebody and I'm, I, I know when the anxiety is coming on. So if I like feel that this is coming on, um, I'll go to the bar first. Like before them, I'll get there early, especially if it's a place I haven't been to. Because something about the unfamiliar surroundings, like that can intensify things. Mm. So I'm feeling that, you know, you go, you get a spot, get a beer, you sip on your beer, kind of settle into the place. And then it's not so much of a shock. You know, you're walking into this new place and a new person, all these things. You're easing into it a little bit. Smart. That's smarter than hell, Donovan. Yeah, I have I have not I have dealt with this quite quite a few times. I try to just remember they're a human ass being. They're just, you know, just another person. And you know, people can be scary, but you know, you're one too. You're on equal footing. You know, just talk to them like they're a person and try not to panic. If you do have a full-blown panic attack, there's a fun little exercise you can do to to help pull yourself out of a panic attack. Would you like to hear that? I would, because I could use that. Yeah, so you pick, uh, it, it's a grounding exercise. Uh, because when you're having a panic attack, you're freaking out. Your fight or flight response is just going haywire, going wild. So you got to ground yourself in what's actually happening and remove yourself from your perception of it. And so you pick five things you can see, think them out to yourself, you know, if you're in a situation where you can't say them out loud, or say them out loud. Uh, four things you can hear, 
three things you can smell, uh, two things you can feel, and one thing that you can the other sense. But I've been drinking and can't remember what the other sense is. <laughs> Seeing dead people. Yep. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so you you know you just run down your senses. You pick some things in the room that are around you and are actually happening, and uh, it kind of works. I've I've done this when I've had a panic attack, and it kind of kind of pulls you down. And I've talked some friends through it, and they say it helps too. So do that. No, it's I've done similar things. That that sounds like a that sounds Taste. like a good idea there. Taste. <laughs> a plus. Remembering remembering <laughs> all the senses. B minus. um that technique too ties in a bit with mindfulness and meditation like that is a mindfulness practice just basically just bringing your awareness to like where you're at at the moment instead of being lost up in your head and your emotions and anxiety um so i've I've had luck with that too is just doing meditation on a regular basis um maybe even fucking before the date i do that sometimes right before uh if i'm giving like a talk you know, or something sure. I know is going to trigger my anxiety a little bit. Eh, that can help you going in. And uh, I, I had a last one here in blank, and I what it was. I want to make a crack about you doing talks. Like, are you going to TED? Like, what are you talking about at TED? Oh, yeah, dude. Fucking, fucking TED Talks, fucking uh, Davos, that, all that shit. Yeah, <laughs> innovation conferences. <laughs> they call you Donovan oh, like- the Disruptor. They, oh, they fucking do, dude. You're onto my alter ego. <laughs> nah, man, fucking, fucking just work talks. Even if it's just a couple people, sometimes I just get fucking amped up and anxious about it. And it sucks. It's irrational. I, and I totally feel your fucking pain here, question asker. It's especially frustrating when it's something that, like, interferes with, like, for me, your ability to communicate um, or makes you really self-conscious in this date. And you feel like you don't actually get to show your true self. Like you're just yeah. dealing with some shit and it can derail things. Awful fucking feeling. I think our, both Arthur and I have dealt with that. We totally sympathize. Just also here to tell you, like, that is something you can get past. You know, this isn't going to completely shut down your dating life here. Just try some of these techniques. Look uh, look online a bit. Uh, look look at, again, communities on Reddit. There's, there's definitely ones for anxiety and social anxiety. Um, and, uh... You'll get there. Oh, final thing. There's a, uh, what the fuck is it called? There's a type of therapy. I think it's gradual exposure therapy Mm. uh, for getting people past phobias where you kind of slowly introduce aspects of it. You know, so if you're afraid of spiders, okay, like you look at a picture of a spider, maybe you see a spider that's like behind glass. And like, finally, there's a spider on the table in front of you. Like, and gradually then eventually using yourself. you cover yourself in spiders. <laughs> yeah. And you dance. Finally, you become, you become a spider. <laughs> um, but, but some of that concept applies here in the sense that, like, you could maybe you go on these first couple with, like, the crutch of a beer or two before. And then as time goes on, you do more of these dates. This has been my experience. You just don't have to do that as much. Cut it back a little bit. And because I, I think just repeated exposure to something like this, showing yourself that you can handle it, that it can go well, uh, that's going to make it much easier in the long run. It, it starts to get rid of that association of anxiety with dates. And then, you know, you're, you're set up. So there's something to be said about just doing the damn thing and, and keeping it up, uh, you know, to, to make it less of an anxiety inducing situation. 
Or just listen to a Radio Free Tote Bag episode on the way up. Our soothing, dulcet tones will <laughs> drive the anxiety from you, and you will you will succeed in your dating life. Perfect, dude. Great idea. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, you you t- you got this though. Yeah, you fucking got this. You we do believe in you. And people are going out with you. You're having dates. You're fucking killing it, my friend. Crushing it. All right, what we got here next? Well, this one comes from an anonymous user. Uh, can you consider bringing a girl out to an event with friends? A date? Exclamation point and question mark. I feel many girls will not define this as a date, but I feel otherwise. Also, I think they are a more trying situation that might go further than a one-on-one date. Not trying is in hard, more of a trying situation. Um, yeah. Can you bring a girl out with your friends and call it a date? I think this is going to depend on context a little bit. Dave and like Busters. Is... Oh, no. <laughs> if you go to Dave and Busters with a bunch of people, does that count as a date? <laughs> I'm inclined to say, like, first date around, you want to you do the one-on-one. Like, I don't think... But also, like, if you invited somebody out with, like, your group of friends or something, you spent a lot of time talking to each other, like, kind of the same purpose is accomplished. But I I don't know, man. Date, I feel like date is just you. Yeah. Unless you've been maybe dating for a while and you got a double date or something like that. Yeah. And you got to be looking for that pull aside. You got to be looking for that. You know, we talked about it on the Halloween episode. You got to be looking for that time where you can get just a little bit of alone time together. You got to look for that. And you can and right. if you can find that, then maybe it's a date. I do feel what they're saying with it being more of a trying situation, though. Like, I, I don't think first date I would ever be like, oh, yeah, like, come meet all of my friends, you know, somebody you've never met. Uh, but if you've seen a person a couple times and you like them, and then it's like, hey, the next step kind of for me is like, do you want to, hey, like, come out with my group of friends and meet people? Because um, it, it, it is a little more, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Like intimate. it's a little more intense, intimate. Yeah. But an intimate, uh, intimate is like a kind of a one-on-one kind of thing. You know, like there's a. Oh, oh yeah, I misunderstood. I misunderstood. So you're looking for, hmm. I mean, it's less a, intimate. It's a bigger, yeah, but it's a bigger thing almost. Like you have to have some kind of relationship with them built up. Um. Where like you're like yeah okay like they they get along with my friends like I like this person enough that I want my friends to meet them you know what I'm saying like yeah it, yeah it seems more like a next step than something you would want to just start with I feel that uh, some friends of mine uh, who were also friends like we all ran in the same circles we went to the same parties you know dug the same music and uh, uh, another mutual friend of ours said. You know, I think they would be really good together. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of agree. So uh, she put it in the other girl's ear. This is getting a little difficult without names. But uh, third friend tells couple friend that uh, that she should just go for it. And then I tell male couple friend that hey maybe you should just go for it and then the two of them independently invite like each of them invited me out and the three of us all went to (laughs) a place to get drinks (laughs) and so it's like it's like they brought me on their first date as like a buffer you're the chaperone 
I was the chaperone. And now they're fucking married and they have a beautiful little house and a little cute little dog. And they're doing great. So it's hard to say because maybe it works for some people. But like if somebody doesn't read a situation where you're bringing them out with, you know, another person or other multiple other people as a romantic potential thing, then maybe that cuts down uh, on the potential there. No, that's that's definitely true, too. If you're trying to, like, communicate interest, you know, you, you don't want them, you don't want to make them feel like, oh, yeah, like, come fucking hang with my friends, you know, at just in general. This is making me think, too, like, you, you could bring a date to, like, a party or something, and that's a bunch of people. Yeah, right? it's it's sort of like there's, okay, so, like, one other person, apparently that works. I don't know. Maybe you have to know them a little bit first. But, like... Two other people going out to the batting cages or whatever. I don't. I don't know what humans do. Uh, <laughs> maybe that the doesn't feel as much. Cages. Yeah, you know the family fun zone. Go hit some balls. Maybe drive a go kart around for a minute. Oh, totally. <laughs> that's what. That's what people in their twenties do, right? <laughs> um, maybe that feels. Maybe that feels a little different. And then you get, you know, 25 people together in somebody's house to consume an incredible amount of alcohol. Maybe that's that feels different, too. So maybe it has something to do with the amount of people and the circumstances under which the uh, the occasion takes place. Right. I, I think, too, it's going to be how much time are you spending one on one with them during the activity? Like right. There's a difference between, hey, you want to be my date to this party and, you know, you're together the whole night and you're talking with each other. Versus, do you want to come to this party? And then you like fuck off and hang out with your friends. So, <laughs> and then they're just I, I fucked. Think... <laughs> they just twisted yeah. in the wind. <laughs> you didn't like that date? <laughs> <laughs> you get to watch me play beer pong for fucking 10 rounds. <laughs> me and Johnny were crushing it. Yeah, you got to watch me puke in that garbage can. Wasn't that a fun date? <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, I, I, it's a little contextual, it's a little bit murky. If it's like if you're asking somebody out and you want to make sure they know, I don't know. Be like, do you want to be my date to this thing? Um, I think one on one time in general is probably best for the first time going out. Uh, but again, if it's a bigger thing, it's going to depend on like how much attention you're paying to them. I think whether or not you could consider it a date. Sure. Um, yeah, maybe a little vague in this answer, but I think you get the idea. It's murky. These are murky waters. That's my porn name, by the way, is Murky Waters. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Murky Waters at the batting cage. <laughs> Knocking them balls around. Yeah, that's right. You know how I do it. Mostly with the balls. Delightful. Mostly with the balls and a, and a baseball bat. <laughs> please. Okay. Please take us out of here. Please okay. evac me to the next question. Hey, that was a little hinted uh, smashing balls of the baseball bat. Maybe that's somebody's kink. And speaking of kink, it's the motherfucking paraphilia pantry. Little Halloween energy on that one. Indeed it is. Uh, We're two weeks into November, but we're continuing the spooky energy. We're pushing back Christmas. And we're coming at you with this uh, this question uh, from the Paraphilia Pantry. 
uh, our occasionally recurring segment where we discuss fetishes, kinks, and uh, uh, sexual acts outside the mainstream. There you go. So here's, here's what we got. Husband caught me masturbating to my weird fetish. Okay. This happened less than 10 minutes ago, and I'm still kind of freaking out. It's fresh. My husband knows I masturbate, but I have a fetish that I masturbate to that he doesn't know I have. It's a really embarrassing fetish. It's really rare and random. I haven't told him about it because of how weird and embarrassing it is. He came home from work early, and I didn't hear him because of my vibrator and the videos I was watching. Videos which pertain to my fetish, by the way. He suddenly poked his head into the bedroom door and said something along the lines of, having fun scared the Uh, shit out of me uh, uh. i have no idea how long he was there for what he heard it would be pretty weird for someone to walk in and see me masturbating to the videos i was masturbating to i know he's my husband and i shouldn't have to hide anything from him but i'm nowhere near ready to discuss this part of my life because of how much embarrassment it causes me i'm not really looking for advice (laughs) too bad I'm just here to try and calm down and blow off a bit of steam before I walk out into the living room. For all I know, he didn't hear anything anything incriminating, but I feel like there's an 85% chance he did. That was posted by Throwaway Awful Mama. And, uh, oh, she didn't mention it in the question. Hey, here's the edit. She says, edit, the the fetish is sneezing. I literally want to crawl under a rock just saying that. And, of course, edit two. Yes, I'm serious. Yes, it's a real fetish. It's searchable. Please be nice if you come across a forum or an article about it. We know we're weird, but still. Thank you to everyone who is being super cool about this and to everyone who made me laugh. Wow. Sneezing fetishism. Sneezing. I'm curious what like what the context of the sneeze is. Is she sneezing? Yeah. Is she watching people sneeze? Is... Are you sneezing onto a dick? Are you just sneezing fully clothed in an office chair? It's 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 a lot. And I can't find a name for it. You know how there's always, you know, like, uh, uh, Cleistomophilia is the fetish of watching people cry. Right? Can't yeah. find it. Can't find a sneeze fetish name. Sneezophilia. Sneezophilia, rhinophilia. Well, that would be noses. That would just be noses. A, rhinophilia, a chewophilia. <laughs> let's go. Let's go with that one. Okay, so a chewophilia. Uh, I'm trying to find. There's not a ton of information. It's mostly like blog posts and shit. I can't. I can't do a rundown on this one like we usually she, do. She claimed it was searchable, and I'm debating. That well, a I bit. I did find a Daily Beast article inside the strange world of sneeze fetishes. I'll just uh, I'll just read the opening uh, uh, paragraph here. Sneezing fetishism has caught the fleeting attention of the internet before. In 2011, for example, Gawker poked fun at posts about the disaster movie Contagion on the inter- internet forum sneezefetishforum.org. <laughs> ABC took stock of the phenomenon a few years prior, but few have tried to understand sneezing fetishism beyond a knee-jerk reaction to its oddity. So maybe that's what we should do here. Maybe we should try to dig, you know, uh, have some empathy for these sneeze fetishists, these achuophilists, achuophiliacs. I mean, it's it's definitely 
it's not hurting anybody. It's a pretty innocent fetish, as strange as it is. It's true. I'll say, uh, I've been going through the comments trying to get some more details. OP here says, you can find sexual videos, but usually you have to pay for them. I literally just search videos of people sneezing non-sexually on YouTube. Lots of people have come across online who learn about this fetish, find it gross. But luckily, there are some people who are very understanding. Huh. Like us. We're very understanding. Yeah, I think we're very understanding here. I don't, like, okay. So, you schlick to videos of people sneezing. Like, who has a problem with that? You know what I mean? I don't. Like, I don't care what you do in your private time. In fact... If I got a cold or, you know, like some kind of allergy attack and that's really doing it for you, fucking let's get it in. <laughs> I'm down. Like, I'm here for that. Like, become, I don't, I don't. Become Murky Waters, the fucking <laughs> sneeze-based porn star. Yeah, I just got to sniff some pepper and then I'm ready to fucking go. Uh, like, I just, I just don't see your man being upset about this. I don't think it's a huge deal. Yeah, the only way I, I see this, you know, potentially sucking um, is because it, it is a goofy fetish, like on the surface, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just kind of absurd to hear. And I can understand, like, if you're really into this, not wanting to get, you know, something that you're into, uh, have poked fun at. That's 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 no good. Or if you, this is something you want to act out with your partner and they can't even take it seriously, like like that kind of sucks. Um but again, it, it's just, it's, when it comes down to it, if, if your partner knows it's important to you, like, it's just such, it's such an inoffensive fetish. Yeah. You know, there's no real boundary that needs to be crossed besides sneeze. I mean, uh, besides pepper going into your, your nostrils, potentially. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be too embarrassed about this. No. There's much fucking weirder stuff out there. I'm. I have been thinking as as we've been looking at this too. I'm tr- just trying to kind of understand it. I could see the sneeze has like the build up and release. Yeah, uh, it's just like, know, like lunin like orgasm. It's like lunin. It's like that that like oh 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 she's gonna poke the balloon. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like the the tension building up to this thing. Yeah. So I I, I can it makes when you think about it like it could make a little bit of sense. I just think. You know, on the surface, it is just very absurd to be like, yeah, what are you into? Uh, that weird thing that we do uh, where you look at a light or get mm-hmm. something up your nose and you make a noise and, and shoot air out of your nose real quick. God. <laughs> very, very specific. Donovan, what if I sneezed right now? That would be fucking perfect. I can't do it. Would it's be, not happening right perfect. now. Maybe I'll pull a nose hair out. Are you a... Uh, what's the term? The photo... Photo sneeze, you get light in your eyes, you sneeze. I yep. have that. I got that. It's rough when you're, uh, so I was a delivery driver for a time, and it's rough when you're, like, driving into the sun, you know? Oh, yeah. It's hard. It's hard out here. Just that kind of got That got a little bit coming. I pulled some nose hairs out, and it got a little bit, ugh. Oh, no. Donovan, please, come on. Come on, I'm looking at a light. Come on. Come on. I'm looking. I'm looking at the light too. We're just edging OP here, dude. <laughs> Super fucking hard. Which I learned apparently women can edge too. See, okay, can I explain this? Can I explain my position on female edging? Cause sure. I think that 
edging is about the fact that men typically can only have a single orgasm. So the like the leading, like the holding on to the edge of the beginning of the orgasm is more important uh, or potentially tantalizing than for women who are multi-orgasmic. I guess that's I, where I, I was. I, I can kind of get that. Yeah, you I mean, orgasms, that denial is definitely like a thing with women too. Yeah, um, but I didn't think of it as edging. Like, it feels different. I wouldn't call it edging. Yeah. Huh. Any listeners out there got any experience with this female uh, edging? Maybe this is a more common thing. Go ahead and throw a comment in there and uh, make fun of Arthur if it is a comment. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. Shit on my chest, which is another paraphilia. Okay, I don't, I don't, I don't want to harp on this question too long. I feel like we're at a transition point, but I have, I have like found some a good long comment with some details. Oh sure, yes, yes, the, yes. Uh, on on the sneezing here. Um, so somebody's basically asking like, okay, so like, what's up with this? What are the details of this? You just enjoy seeing a person sneeze? Does the gender matter, et cetera, et cetera? And uh, OP says, well, first, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> Okay, I'll try to answer it as best I can. I typically prefer male as I'm a heterosexual female. I get really Mm. uncomfortable if someone sneezes around me because I find it almost physically impossible to say bless you for some reason. I just can't do it, so I'm afraid everyone's going to think I'm super rude. I might find it hot if a female sneezes and a male says bless you. Yeah, that's a whole other sub-fetish for some reason. Whoa! Individual or multiple, it doesn't really matter to me. Although after like eight sneezes, it starts to get excessive. Shut the fuck up already. (laughs) Snot grosses me the fuck out. No, absolutely not. Keep that shit away from me. I get irrationally angry when my family sneezes. Like I have to go into another room and calm down and try not to break things. What? My family sent me to therapy because of it. They were told that I just have OCD and sensory processing disorder, which I do. But I didn't figure out the real reason until I hit puberty and figured some shit out about myself. Still get boiling mad. Still want to break shit. Still get so mad I could cry. Don't want to think or talk about it. So yeah, super weird. Super sucks. Damn. Whoa. Fucking whoa. That was a roller yeah. coaster ride. Very, very unexpected. Some Some big layers to this. Oh my God, that's... That's weird. I like it. I like your flavor. <laughs> oh my god. That's cool. She got some stuff going on. I like this girl. Yeah, I'm I'm interested with the sensory sensory processing disorder component of this. Um I don't know. I feel like I low key have some of that where certain like noises I don't even know what it is, but I'm wondering if this is similar to something I experience or like particular noises or like music. I don't like it like makes me irrationally angry. Yeah. I'm going around breaking stuff, but like I'm kind of sensitive to that. And so I could get if you have that to like an extreme degree, then something like sneezing like is a harsh and sudden sound. And it is kind of intense. Like, you know, yeah, it, it happens all the time. So people are kind of numb to it. But, like, if you've never seen a sneeze before and somebody just did that, you'd be like, what the <laughs> what fuck was the, that? Wow! That's fucking crazy. <laughs> so I, I could, uh, my little running theory here is, like, maybe, you know, if you're very sensitive to things like that, maybe you got a lot of mirror neurons. It is, like, an intense 
thing to see someone do. Yeah, and I can see that being, you know, arousing, like a sense of, like, like an intense thing. So maybe it has something to do with, with, uh, with the sensory processing disorder you're talking about here. How many giantesses out of five would you give this fetish? Hmm. Are we going on just interesting or weird or oh, how, how into it? How close to it are you? Like, yeah, I think that's. Oh, uh, yeah. We forgot. We, we've done that with once before. Yeah. Uh, uh, two, two out of five. Two out of like five I, giantesses, yeah. Yeah, like I'm saying, I can I, weirdly, I can't put to like I, I can kind of I get the thought process here, I think, unless you know my theory is completely wrong, but I, I, I can kind of see it. I but, think a two uh, out of five, two out of five sounds right yeah. for me too. But the sneezes aren't really making me pop a uh, pop the old stiff arena. <laughs> all right, well, I'm all sneezed out. <laughs> what do uh, what do we got next? Oh, you fucking thought we were done? You thought we were done with the paraphilia pantry for today? Because it's a motherfucking double paraphilia pantry rock block, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, spooky. This may very well be the most extreme paraphilia we have done to date. I'm going to give this a parental advisory. Uh, If you are faint of heart, you can turn it off, and I wouldn't judge you. Uh, yeah, and that's coming from both of us. This is pretty fucked. Yeah, you could probably even we're gonna put a a, a time stamp in the uh, in the uh, episode description to let you know when to come back in. So maybe we'll see you in a couple minutes. But if you're ready for this, join us deep in the should pantry. We, should we throw Should we throw a trigger warning for bestiality? Yeah, yeah. Trigger warning I for think. bestiality. Yeah, we. People don't have to listen through this whole thing and then decide. So, if you're not feeling that, go ahead and skip ahead. Uh, if not, stay with us. Okay. My 30s F S O 30s M confessed his kink to me, and I'm growing increasingly uncomfortable by it. Need some advice. I'm trying to find the right sub to post this in. So if it's not here, I apologize. Anonymous and vague for soon to be obvious reasons. I promised my SO I wouldn't tell anyone, but I need advice for context. I'm bisexual, into light BDSM, and have friends across the spectrum from vanilla to cuck-holding dom play. But this, this, I don't know what to do about. My SO of a year and a half confessed that he enjoys watching porn of women getting fucked by dogs and wondered if I would be interested in such an act. I felt like I was hit by a truck. I didn't want to shame him. I could tell he felt shame and was confessing to me because he felt like I wouldn't judge him for it. I am outright against it, but I had so many questions to determine what the level of interest we had here. What? To determine what level of interest we had here. First off, does he want to fuck dogs? No. Okay. What exactly about the videos excites him? The primal nature of the act, and where after it's done, the dog's knob pops out. Okay, I can get that. <laughs> I'm kind of into BDSM and sub-dom play for similar reasons. Whoa. He is so adamant about, n- about not being okay with me sleeping with someone else, but he wants to watch a dog go at me? 
What the fuck is that about? He doesn't view dogs as a threat to our relationship. How did he get into it? 14-year-old boy with the internet. Someone sent him a video as a joke. Turns out he was kind of into it. I tried to stay focused on ensuring the fact that he doesn't want to personally engage in sex with animals. He just thinks that the dogs are willing participants and finds the above aspects sexually exciting. We had uh, a lot of conversations about this where I tried to as non-judgmentally as possible. I like the word judgmentally. That's a word I just created. As non-judgmentally as possible, tell him how very much not okay I am with this. That dogs can't actually give consent. Tell every man that has been taken advantage of that an erect penis is consent. Don't do that because that's that's not good. I've gone through dog training courses and pretty much view dogs as akin to children. They're clever, smart, and can learn a lot. But at the end of the day, they are just not cognitive adults that really understand how they are being used. If you want a dog to perform in a certain way on command, it has to be trained. I've done a bunch of reading on the subject of bestiality since to be sure. Um, base, dogs basically have to be trained to have sex with humans. It does not come naturally, as a lot of people claim. We eventually came to an understanding that he was just. Uh, we eventually came to an understanding that he was to just never watch these videos with me around. But that's not enough for me anymore. I managed to put it out of my head for a while, but the other day we were joking about sex, and it came up that sometimes he masturbates twice a day. And I know that he was watching uh, when he does this in our bedroom with our female dogs in the other room. Uh... I've been growing... Yeah. I've been growing increasingly unsettled, and I'm feeling put off from sex with him. He is not performing bestiality acts and has no desire to have sex with animals. Something being illegal is a shitty high ground. Marijuana is illegal, people. And I'm not looking to break up with him. I like being tied up and called a slut while being face-fucked. And my fantasy is to be bound up and spit-roasted involving or with my SO watching. Oh, so involving or with my SO watching. But my kink requires the consent of all parties. We all have things, and we otherwise have a healthy and loving relationship that I'm not willing to just throw out over what happens, over what he happens to find erotic in porn. But I just kind of can't help but to equate it with pedophilia. Obviously not as bad, but only a little not as bad. I honestly don't know how to talk to him at this point. He mentioned casually that I made some points which turned him off from the more violent videos, but he is still turned on by it and watches it. I can't even look at dogs or animals without feeling an intense need to protect them. I want him to stop watching these videos. I want him to stop thinking that the dogs aren't being harmed. Is this an okay thing to ask? (laughs) Am I just being controlling? TLDR, my SO of 1.5 years is into watching porn where women get it on with dogs and I'm 140% not okay with this and I want him to stop. We've talked about it before, but I don't know how to broach it again or what else to say. I want him to stop. And that was posted by, oh boy, heavy petting one, two, three. (laughs) Way to undercut it all. Heavy petting one, two, three. Oh God, that's some pretty heavy petting, Donovan. That it certainly is. Fuck, man. Fuck. 
Well, I feel I feel like she basically answered her own main question here. But sure. And that's going to prompt another question. Okay. The main question being, you know, is this wrong for him to do? Fucking a hundred percent. You've outlined all the reasons. You know, it. This is fucking animal abuse. Mm-hmm. It's similar to pedophilia, in the sense that you are coercing like a being into doing this sexual act that they don't fully understand and thus can't consent to. It's, it's terrible. It fucking, it's fucked up. Yeah. And you know, it's the same thing uh, as situations where child pornography, we're like, okay, you're not, you know, if you're just somebody looking at it, you're still, you're still contributing it to, to it being out there. You know, you're, you're providing some demand for this fucked up thing, which maybe not directly, um, but absolutely like contributes to that being produced and, and being out there. So you're, you're effectively like engaging with and supporting people who are carrying out abuse. So this is, this is obviously a hundred percent fucked. You're not controlling. Is this an okay thing to ask? A fucking, of course it is. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, nothing you're, you're doing nothing wrong here. With the, my my kind of question though, and my kind of concern here, is how are you not so thrown off this that you're just like dipping on this dude? Because this is fucking nuts. Here's, I get you know you get attached to people in a relationship, you know something like this comes up and you can kind of rationalize you know oh, they're just watching videos, but like this is really fucked. I don't think that healthy people uh, just do shit like this. Well. There's an edit down here that I would like to direct your attention to. Through my research, I have learned that fantasizing and actually committing bestiality is way more common than the average person would think. If even the idea of it being a fetish is a deal breaker for you, you should have a serious conversation with your SO. So apparently this is the kind of thing that more humans are into than you might think. But there's a difference between somebody fantasizing about something like this and somebody looking up the fucking videos. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. It's this is a this is a fucking challenging one and here's here's where I am on it. There's got to be something about this guy that's good. Right? She's got to be into this guy. They've been together a year and a half. She loves him. There are things about him other than the dog fucking. And if left to his own devices, he descends fully into the dog fuck things could go real <laughs> wrong for this guy. You know what I mean? The dog fucking cinematic universe could consume him. And, but there are other things that are good about him. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like she can save him from himself. That's not anyone's responsibility, but this is kind of like, you know, he's at a crossroads here. And he could choose to abandon the the bestiality and continue on with uh, his his lovely uh, so who, by the way, wants to get tied up and spit roasted. So you know, fucking high five there, dude. <laughs> fucking get it in. <laughs> uh, you know, like I don't know. Focus on that shit. Your your adult human consenting partner who wants to have sex with you. Go fucking work on that. Go make that a big part of your sexuality. Oh, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe I'm a fucking prude on this, but I, I, I don't think I am. Um, there's the, like I said, there's a difference between fantasy and somebody like actually looking shit up like this and contributing. Sure. And it, to go back to the comparison of this and child pornography, 
like even you know you discover your partner's watching child pornography right you could rationalize as this person is kind of doing you know well sure. he's not making it he's not talking to actual kids but again you're indirectly contributing to the existence of this fucked up shit and somebody who's an adult who like can't can't put that together that what they're doing is fucked up even though it's it's not like this direct interaction with it i think there's something wrong with that person and i don't think it's something you could just be like hey actually like you shouldn't be watching bestiality videos and they're gonna be like oh i never thought of that right like how do you <laughs> right. not fucking realize that this is really fucked up and i know it's not it, it is not to the same extent as uh as uh, pedophilia but that's just kind of like weighing shitty apples against shitty oranges. Like you don't have to like rank those things. They're both, they're both fucked up. I think they're both far enough fucked up that to like, just be kind of participating that and seeking out that content, I think speaks like really, really negatively to somebody. And so I like, personally, this isn't something I could overlook. I would fucking absolutely dump somebody over this. And I yeah. think you should. Yeah. And now that I'm thinking about it, I think if I had a partner who was like, you know, I'd kind of like to watch you get fucked by a dog. That's that's the fucking craziest part, too. And that even if you can use the excuse that, he, you know, it's just it's just a fantasy. He fucking propositioned you. For yeah, it. he does have the interest of actually acting this out, got, which means he I does not a... have fucking respect for fucking animals. Yeah, is, is cool with this abuse and telling him, hey, this is wrong. Even if he fucking stops, he's not going to fucking stop, I don't think. I don't think you can just kind of switch that off. Like, I'm pretty sure this dude is aware that this is a really fucked up thing, has drawn it out again to the extent that he was going to try to get you to engage in it. I don't think that's going away. I don't think you should be with somebody who is like that. The dude needs fucking therapy. The dude needs fucking help. This is a mess. Yeah. Yeah, you make a lot of sense, my guy. I just, like... Part of me, I, I I got an instinct to try to save people from time to time. And I think you could maybe save them. But maybe maybe it's not worth it. I'm just concerned about what happens next. So, like, like, if you had this in your life and you got broken up with over it, wouldn't you fixate on it and, like, dive deeper? I would hope that the dude would be like, oh, this is absolutely abhorrent. I'm going to stop. <laughs> But I don't know. Ultimately, that's not her responsibility. I just don't think you should be fucking dating somebody who's contributing to like abuse like this. Shit, so dude. Comedy goldmine. <laughs> <laughs> we gave we gave the warning on it. That's true. But that's no, true. It, it it's fucked. I like I understand what you're saying. Like I want this dude to cut this shit out and be okay. But like th- I don't. This is again that my personal stance is this is way too fucking far for me. Because yep. like. My desire to want to help somebody out like this person who's obviously got some kind of mental fucking illness going on being being this into this, like something is is not working correctly, um, is outweighed like a lot by my desire to protect fucking helpless animals, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's the fucking taking advantage of like living things like that and coercing them in into this fucked up sexual shit. Like, oh, that's just. That's up there with the cardinal sins. That's fucking awful. Word. I feel a little of your, of your childhood Catholicism coming out. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm going preacher mode, dude. I'm, I'm fucking condemning this shit. That's horns. God, That's some this horns. This dude needs to get some help. Yeah, I, I, I launched the horns. I, I 
behorn you. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Become enhorned. Okay, well, in case anybody skipped this part, how do we how do we get back into the uh, the usual comedic styling zone that we were in before, uh, so that there's no hint left of of what awfulness <laughs> we just had to hear? Maybe maybe we just gotta fucking like blast it out. You know what I mean? We just gotta like, or maybe we just like consume it in. Let's tell you what you and I. You still got you still got a beer in front of you. I do. Let's take let's take a cleansing gulp. Of our alcoholic beverages. Let's take a moment. Here we here we go. Ready? Oh shit. <sighs> Pumpkin cider cleanse my soul. Miller Lot. Nice. <laughs> We're back, folks. Wow. <laughs> that wow. <laughs> we went to the edge of insanity and we have returned. And uh, wow, for those of you who came with us, thanks for thanks for joining us on the journey. For those of you just coming back, <laughs> I understand. Wow, <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, that's that's one of the heavier that's one of the heavier questions we've done. And we've done some fucking whoppers. This is true, Donovan. Please, please, let's do one more. Can we do one more? Yeah, we we definitely can't. And on that note. Oh, no. Uh, so let's go ahead with this one. Should I be upset over my boyfriend saying that another girl is hotter than I am? So I'm F-16. Fighter, <laughs> Fighter jet? jet? Oh, it's been a while. <laughs> so I'm F-16 in a fairly new relationship with my boyfriend M-16. That's a assault fucking rifle. gun, dude. That's nutty. an assault rifle. With my boyfriend M-16. And things have been going all right. We've been talking for over a month and officially dating for two weeks. There are a few things that I don't love that he does, but he's a really nice guy and I like him a lot. He compliments me a lot, calls me beautiful and gorgeous. But last night he said something, he kind of said something that hurt my feelings a little bit. He said that he thinks this girl is hotter than I am, or at least he implied it. Mm. Obviously, I know there are probably so many girls that he will find much more attractive than me, but the situation kind of made it worse. I brought up this girl he used to talk to, just because I used to be friends with her. Parentheses, now we've just sort of grown apart. And when I mentioned her name, he said, Oh my God, she is so hot. Mm. I jokingly said, Oh wow, that's nice to know. And then he said jokingly, Oh, come on. There has got to be guys that you think are hotter than me. And I said, nice, so you think she's hotter than me. Mm. This whole time we were both sort of laughing about it, and I didn't really think much of it, but now it's starting to bother me. The main reason why is because they actually used to talk, and I don't really know why it ended. He wouldn't tell me before. It makes me feel like if she ever tried to talk to him again, he would leave me for her or any other girl he thinks is better looking than me. It just irritates me that he would say something like that to my face. I don't care if he's thinking it. I just don't know why he would tell me. He didn't even really try to make it sound any better either. To be fair, I did only seem jokingly upset, but I still would never say something like that to him. Is this something that I should be upset about, or am I blowing things out of proportion? TLDR, my boyfriend said that a girl he used to talk to is hotter than me, 
Should I be upset? And I was posted by Small Cherry. Man's crammed his whole foot in his mouth. That's what he did. Yes, yes, he has. And, uh, jeez. Oh, Isn't it kind of the, the fucking laws of the jungle when you're dating in 16 that if a hotter person comes along, you'll be like, okay, you now. <laughs> Isn't that kind of yeah, how that, that works? works. <laughs> I thought that's how that works. I also love that it is just like such a perfect high school level of foot and mouth. Like, oh, I can yeah. picture my own dumbass self doing that. You know? Oh, that's nice to know. Oh, yeah. You you think the same thing, right? Exactly. You, yeah. you guys are hotter than, than me. Yeah, we're on and the same level. in your head what you've just communicated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. That's, I think I, he's. I didn't, I didn't mean it like that. I think he did do some of the oh, fuck, oh, fuck in his mind, but he played it super cool. Yeah. I think that's where he is. So, like, like all things considered, I think you guys are fine. Yeah, this. Uh, I don't think this is... This is, like, an awkward situation that sucks. It's shitty of him to say that to you. Nobody wants to hear that stuff. But people do feel that sometimes. Sometimes people are more attracted to others than their SO. Um... And I, I, like, I don't, I don't think that's crazy. I don't think that's something that should destroy every relationship that it's the case in, you know, it depends on their actual behavior and it depends on the fact that like you guys are together, you are the ones who are dating. Um, but I know that that doesn't, you know, just allay that anxiety. Cause it does suck to be like, if, especially if she's around, you know, she walks by and you're like, Oh God, like what if he would go after her instead of me or just knowing that like, this guy, you know, thinks your your old friend is is cuter than you. Like that that is a bad feeling. Um it is. Though you do have to understand that Natalie Dormer exists. You know see, what I mean? when people say that name, I always I always think of Christopher Dorner. I don't know I don't know Christopher Dormer. <laughs> Let me look him up. Let's see. The ex cop who killed all the cops in LA and oh. you can't corner the Dorner. <sighs> I wanna say something like he's super hot because of all that but i don't know if, i don't know if we're there as okay, a people natalie, that i'm allowed natalie natalie dormer uh dormer of a hot person or dormer yes. yeah yeah dormer <laughs> not digging any holes on this podcast this is a show about relationships shia labeouf digging holes what was the point you're making? So yeah, fucking she super exists. hot people exist She's, out yeah, there. Yeah, they're out there. There are people that don't, they look like they're fucking aliens created them. And you're like, <laughs> they're like designed to be attractive is what some people look like. Most people don't look like that. And they're out there and they're going to be out there and you're going to be in a relationship with somebody and you are not going to be hotter than them. And you got to come to a place where you feel comfortable in your own level of attractiveness and you feel comfortable in your own, in your partner's level of attracted to you and you reach an equilibrium there and you understand that there are, uh, uh, you know, understandings within the relationship that, uh, you're not going to pursue those people, even though they may be more physically attractive than you though. There is also the concept of a hall pass. For example, you're it, say I'm dating somebody and if it came up in conversation that like say I'm in LA and I run into Natalie Dorner or <laughs> I keep saying Dorner now because of Chris Dorner and we're back on that <laughs> uh, 
say I run into Natalie Dormer and she's into me? Can I? Am I allowed? Can I? Can I do that? That's a hall pass. I see. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think you it's like a pressure release valve and it'll probably never ever happen. Cause I'm not gonna run into Natalie Dormer and she's gonna be like, Well damn, look at all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit. That's art. Also, Doesn't he have that and, podcast? And, and, Fuck. Oh boom, I better donate twenty bucks to his Patreon and get one of them Sharpie picks. <laughs> <laughs> she needs it for the collection. I know this is not a hundred percent accurate for fucking high school relationships, um, but there is there is more to attraction and relationships than just how hot a person is. Yes, right. You can't put you can't put all the stake in that because um, like if you follow that fucking logic, you know, okay, well, there's so many hotter people out there. Okay, well, what if he dates fucking Natalie Dormer? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then he's with her, but then there's another hot girl out there, you know, who's even hotter. He's going to dip for that girl too. You see what I'm saying? Like, if you kind of take that to its conclusion, nobody would ever be with anybody because there's, like, a ton of people that you would potentially be in a relationship with. Like, a big... It's really fucking unromantic to think about, but, like, a huge component of relationships is just, like, physical proximity and complete randomness on the train of events happening. It's opportunity. So I just... I don't don't get fucking too caught up in that. I'll come back to what I I will continue to say. Appreciate that you guys are together, and uh, don't don't be worrying. Okay, he's gonna meet this girl and he's gonna hook up with her. If that fucking happens, then you dump his ass. But yeah, that's, that hasn't happening, and so there's no, there's no point in like getting into these just kind of anxious, um, f- not fantasies because it's not like a good thing. Anxious hypotheticals. Of like, well, what if he, what if he runs into her at a party or something, and they've been talking, because that's what's gonna derail your fucking relationship. Not the fact that he thinks this girl is cute and is a dipshit sixteen-year-old next, and they said this in front of you. Like, yeah. that, I think most people have this. This shit's not uncommon. It was dumb of him to say it. It does feel bad, but you guys, are the one who are fucking dating, there's more to relationships than just how dank you are, and. uh you know, well, you're, you're also fucking 16. Just ride this experience out. I would say that dankness indicates personality aspects as well. So you may, in fact, be danker than this hot girl. There we go. Yeah, I think that's a good metric for dating. Yeah, you're looking for dankness. Right. Like Christopher Dorner, dank as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle, folks! <laughs> It's Radio Free Tote Bag. It's a show about relationships, and our interest song is the song Hanging On by the band mm-hmm. Nowhere. You can find their music at nowheremusic.bandcamp.com. Oh, God. I cannot I cannot stop expelling gas from my orifice. It's harsh. Episode. It's a harsh gas. It has a big, it was a big pumpkin cider. Uh, you know what else is, is big? What is? The good emotions you're going to have if you listen to uh, the band behind our outro music. Hey, fellas. The song is Stephanie. You can find their music on Spotify if you look up the Hey, fellas, three words. And uh, their Instagram is back online. As I mentioned last episode, look up the Hey, fellas, three words. Follow them. They post some good t- content. They're good dudes. Folks, you're great. I love you guys, and I love the show, and Donovan, I love you too. 
Oh, thanks, bud. I love you. Oh, I can't wait to see you again next week. Thanks, bye. Monster energy drink. Unleash the monster in you. <laughs> Are you trying to get right. sponsored by Monster Energy Drink? Shut up, kid. Let's anyway. be, uh, yeah, let's become Kyle's. That's, that'll be the trajectory of this <laughs> podcast. I'm already, already pounding monsters on the daily, dog. Monster <laughs> energies and uh, new, new era ball caps and, and uh, I- truck nuts. <laughs> and I'm vaping? It's fucking... Ugh. Oh, close. Per, it's pretty close. That was the third. That was the third part of the Holy Trinity I was missing. Let's get you a Cookie Monster flat brim cap, and you can change your name to Kyle. No paperwork required. <laughs>